This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. 630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad. Edmonton's home for breaking news on your favorite teams. Now, Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on the voice of your Oilers and Eskimos. 630 Chad. Brent Craig and Mark Cordy for coming in from Spruce Grove. Great to talk to those guys as we have uh, rolled through some awesome Father's Day segments this week on Inside Sports. We had Kale Clegg and his dad Jason on earlier this week. Kale with the Brandon Wheat Kings. Going to be drafted probably late first round, early second round next week in Buffalo. We had Mike Riley's dad Pat on the show. We had Mark Latestu from the Oilers and his dad Garth in studio yesterday. Been fun stuff. Reed Wilkins with you. Matthew Panashik is the studio producer this evening. Matthew, how you been doing, buddy? I'm doing well. Which, uh, what do you have on the old tube over there? On the uh, old flat screen? The... On the old flatty? On the old flat screen television? On the old wall-mounted TV? <laughs> well, Reed, I don't have 4K in here. That sucks, right? So, okay, <laughs> what is 4K? Like, how can you get higher than high definition? Yeah, Is it a high definition the highest it can go? Well, Reed, there's this new thing called 4K. It is four times the higher the resolution of HD. There's no way the human eye could perceive that. No way. Apparently, it looks a lot better than HD. It looks four times clearer than HD. So I don't know if there's a, if I could see a difference or not. I have not watched a game or anything like that in 4K, but I've been told by my brother and dad who have watched the game in 4K, that it is a little bit crisper. Why have you been left out of the Panasic family 4K viewing experience? The I four- think something's going on. Do you want me to talk to your family? Yes, please. Please do. <laughs> I want my 4K read. So what did they Not say? Not my 401K, they, they my said, 4K. They, they said it's incredible. <laughs> they said it's great. It, it, it's, it's a really good picture. They've watched movies in 4K. It's just got a little bit of a sharper picture. But, of course, you know, here's the thing, right? When a TV company runs out of an idea, they have to invent something new to get new products built, right? Sure. So 4K is the new gimmick, just like when 3D TV came out. But 3D TV is garbage because it fell on its face. Who wants to wear glasses for four hours to watch a game, right? Well, I do. Well, I well, My you wear, actual glasses. You, you, I know, but you've got to take <laughs> off your you glasses. Mean. I know what you mean. I'm, I'm uh, being an know. imp. Uh, <laughs> it's okay to go to the theater and watch a movie once in a while, but could you imagine every night putting on these special glasses and watching TV? I could not. Yeah, there you go. So that's why they said Wilkie said no, no 3D, so there's no 3D. That's it. This, Wilkie makes the decisions around here. This portion of the show brought to you by Action Furnace, home of the fixed right or its free guarantee. You can visit actionfurnace.ca. Uh, Thomas in a semi says... This is great text of the night material. He said, "He says 4K is so much clearer than HD. It's see-through." 
I like that. By the way, Reed, I have an answer to your question from before. Uh-oh, I don't, not, I don't remember what I asked you. What was the lowest scoring NBA oh, yeah. game in history? Okay, okay, is this finals game or every game? Just every game. Okay, go ahead. Um, if you want the lowest game ever before the shot clock was invented, yes, it was 19 to 18, November 22nd, 1950, between the Fort Wayne Pistons and the Minneapolis Lakers. Now, the uh, when when the shot clock got invented, the lowest scoring game ever was on February 27th, 1955, when the Boston Celtics and Milwaukee Hawks combined for 119 points. Oh. So 62 to 57, the Celtics beat the Hawks that night. That's with a shot clock. That's with a shot they clock. They must have each shot about 17% from the floor. I mean, that's horrific shooting to make it like that, right? That's pretty bad. But the second lowest game was back in 96, 123 points between the Miami Heat and the Philadelphia 76ers. The Heat won 66 to 57 in that one. Interesting. Yeah. Did you find if there's ever been a team shut out in a quarter? I will look we'll that Google up as that we later. speak. Yeah, I'll look it up. I doubt it. Well, I mean, I don't know if it's possible, I guess. Uh, Cleveland up 54-38 on Golden State. 218 left in the first half. Golden State was within 10 a few minutes ago, but now Cleveland has scored the last six points. The Blue Jays up 13-2 on the Phillies. And Jose Bautista left that game in the seventh inning with an injury. He crashed into the wall trying to track down a fly ball. This is your crystal glass scoreboard. For all your glass needs, you can call 310-GLASS today. The uh, golf, I can tell you about uh, bad weather at Oakmont in Pennsylvania. So uh, half the field didn't even tee off to start the first round. Only nine players finished. The leader is Andrew Landry. He got in 17 holes. He's three under par. Bubba Watson is 2-under after 14. Danny Lee is 2-under after 13. So it'll be a busy day at the U.S. Open tomorrow as they uh, as they try to catch up. Northern Ireland has a victory at the European Championship for the first time in its history, beating Ukraine 2-0 this afternoon. Ukraine officially eliminated later when Germany and Poland played to a 0-0 draw. England went to first place in Group B with a 2-1 win over Wales. That's what happened at uh, Euro 2016 today. By the way, I didn't, and you never even finished. What what game are you watching over there, buddy? Oh, I'm watching the NBA Finals because the Blue Jays game became a blowout. So you know, once a blowout happens, Reed, you got to switch. The you got to get over. off that blowout. Done. You got to you got to blow it away. Unless you have, of course, fantasy players playing, then you keep watching the game. That's, but who really cares thing. about who's on a fantasy team, right? Except for you. Except for you. That's no, another rule. Is more working. interesting to you. Did you ever see that? Uh, uh, I I just saw it a few weeks ago, but it was it was one of the original thirty for thirties on ESPN about the rotisserie baseball league. The guys that started well, and there was one woman involved who started the first rotisserie baseball league. Right. Never watched it. You know why it's called rotisserie baseball? Because they they used to meet and do the draft at a restaurant called La Rotisserie. Huh. Yeah. Interesting. Fantasy I'll... sports has nothing to do with rotating meat. <laughs> I agree. Except for that's where the the restaurant was held. Unless you're rotating order of the of the te- the times you select or something, right? But that the guy a... that was the most hardcore into it and kind of spearheaded the league never won it. But really, those guys kind of pioneered fantasy sports. Could you imagine doing those drafts? Maybe you did back in the day, where you go over to your buddy's house, there'd be a board up, and you'd actually 
do it without a computer or anything like that? Well, did you do it or not? Have you done we used that? To, at work, yeah, we used to do those at work. Oh yeah, Blue Jays finished it off by the way, thirteen two over Philadelphia. Um, yeah, well, I can remember doing drafts where you would just have, say, you'd do an NHL playoff draft. You would just cut out the final stats out of the newspaper. Right, and you'd meet with your coworkers or your friends, and you would do the draft. Yeah. Well, thank now, you're goodness not for even, the internet. <laughs> now you're not even in the same room as people. Or you just or you just rank your players and do auto draft, right? Which is a terrible thing. You never win with an auto draft team. It's a rarity. Well, I don't know. I'm sure somebody has. Oh yeah, but still, I mean, <laughs> usually auto draft. The best players are gone. Then by the time you your pick gets there, you're getting your fifth best player that you put on the draft. Well, it depends you, right? how thorough you are with your rankings yeah, and how I guess you an- so. anticipate everything. But like the guy said in that documentary and how we've said on the show, there is nothing more interesting to you than your fantasy team. <laughs> there is nothing less interesting to other people than your fantasy team. Agreed. Right. Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. You can also text 63630. Uh, tell you what we're going to do. Derek Ryan, former U of A Golden Bear, Played a few years in Europe. Last year joined the uh, Charlotte Checkers of the AHL. He did get called up to Carolina for a few games. He has re-signed with that organization. He's going to join us next here on Inside Sports. You're listening to 630 Ched Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. All right, thanks for tuning in tonight. Reed Wilkins with you. 57-43, Cleveland up on Golden State last minute of the second quarter. We'll keep you updated. We're with you until 9 o'clock. Uh, between 8.30 and 9, we will introduce you to Carter Hart, top goaltender in the entire Canadian Hockey League this season. He's from Sherbert Park, plays for the Everett Silvertips. So I'm pleased to welcome to the show now a guy who has a new contract with the Carolina Hurricanes organization, a uh, one-year two-way deal, former U of A Golden Bear, Derek Ryan. Derek, welcome back to Inside Sports. How are you doing? Thanks, Reed. I'm good, thanks. How are you? I'm doing very well, man, and congratulations on uh, re-signing with the Carolina Hurricanes. I, I know we talked a couple times over the over the past season, but it's uh, it's got to be a pretty good feeling for you to get a deal for another year. Yeah, it is for sure. Obviously, we had lots of options both in, in North America and overseas, so it's nice to get something wrapped up relatively early in the summer, and uh, my wife and family and I can kind of know where we're going and um, get focused on the upcoming season, and it's obviously nice to have an opportunity to play in the NHL again and in an organization that believes in me in Carolina. Is this, uh, c- compared to past summers, is this unusual for you to get a deal this early? Or, you know, what were things like when you were uh, in-, in Europe? Uh, tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, it's a little different just because Europe, uh, the season's a little bit earlier. So it's uh, in June, if you're signing in June for Europe, that seems a bit late. Whereas in North America, that's uh, early because free agency hasn't even begun. So... Uh, yeah, it's nice to, I mean, if we're staying in North America, to have that kind of job security and and know where we're going. Obviously, we're comfortable with the things in Raleigh and Charlotte, so we know exactly what we're getting ourselves into. But um, in terms of timeline, I guess for Europe, it's it's a bit late. There's some European teams that were getting a little antsy to have an answer from from us. Um, their training camp's starting like a month and a half, so it's uh, I think it's gets going here pretty soon. 
So they, they have some answers now, and uh, we as a family do as well. Derek, you played six NHL games. You scored your first NHL goal in your first game. What were those six games like? Because I know that was, I, I know you want to play many, many more, but that was a fulfillment of a goal for you too. Yeah, it was for sure. It's a fulfillment of a dream you have as a, a young hockey player, and especially as a CIS graduate, it's something that's kind of uh, far-fetched a little bit to be playing in the NHL, so that's definitely a dream come true in that regard. But, um, yeah, it was it was fun. It was lots of fun. I think I only played five and maybe a third of a game because I got hurt in my sixth game. But, yeah, it's uh, it's a fast-paced game at the, the highest level in the world, and um it's kind of an eye-opener for sure when you get out there and you're on the ice with all the stars that you're used to watching on TV and and praising and idolizing as they uh, do all the great things on the ice. So it's uh, it's fun, but at the end of the day, it's kind of what I tell most people is that it's just hockey. I mean, it's fast and it's the best players in the world, but it's um, it's still the same game. And once you get into the game, like my my first game in New Jersey, it's you get all the uh, the nerves out, and you're just playing hockey and trying to score goals. The same thing I've been doing for the last 20 years or so, it seems like. So, yeah, at the end of the day, it's just hockey, and when it comes down to it, um, you're just having fun out there and, and doing the same thing that you've been doing for a long time. Where's the puck from your first NHL goal? <laughs> it's actually in Carolina. They're framing it up for me, and... Once it's all done and finished and put on a plaque, it'll be hanging up in my man cave. Okay, good stuff. Derek Ryan joining us. He, uh, former U of A Golden Bear, signs a one-year two-way contract with Carolina. You were the captain of the, the Checkers last season, right? Yes, I was. Yeah, well, what was that like to be named the captain, you know, your your first year in the uh, American Hockey League? It was a bit of a surprise, to be honest, just because, like you said, it was my first year in in the AHL and in North America, so I didn't have a whole lot of, like, a long resume. Some guys, some American League captains do in terms of North American pro experience. So I I was coming into a new organization where I literally didn't know anyone besides the head coach in Carolina. And, and um, the coach in Charlotte just kind of took a month, a month into the season to analyze his players and um, see who he thought were leaders on and off the ice. And, Somehow I emerged in that um, that discussion to be the captain, so it was a huge honor for sure. And to have the to wear the C for a, an American Hockey League team is no small feat for sure. So I was very honored and pleased to have that uh, captaincy. Captaincy, and it's uh, it was a fun experience in Charlotte. We had a young group, but it was fun to be able to kind of lead them and show them show the young guys what it's like and what it takes to be a pro day in and day out and uh, I think that's a big part of, of being a captain in the American Hockey League is is growing and, and showing the young guys um, you know, like I said the, what it takes to be a pro and what it takes to advance to the next level as well. Well, right on. Good for you. I mean, always glad to see the former U of A guys uh, doing well, and I'm sure you're going to get into plenty more NHL games this season as well. Derek, thanks for keeping us posted here on Inside Sports, man. I hope we can do this again soon. Yeah, thanks for you. Look forward to it.
Right on. That is Derek Ryan checking in tonight. Charlotte Checkers, Carolina Hurricanes. Keeping you updated on his uh, his career. He's been doing pretty well for himself. Played U of A, played in Europe, and now sticking around for another season in North America. It is 8.23. This is Inside Sports on 6.30. Chet, thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. Of course, you can always reach us by calling 780-496-0063 or texting 6.30-6.30. Eskimos preseason game at the Brick Field at Commonwealth Stadium will kick off at 2 o'clock on Saturday afternoon. Our coverage here on Ched will commence at 12.30 in the afternoon. You know, Matthew Panashik, the uh, Porkapalooza Festival is going on as well. Man, there's some great bands. Loverboy, The Headpins, really? Diamond Rio. Really, I'm just more concerned about going and eating food. Good point. Uh, Loverboy, though, man. I love Loverboy. What are they, uh, working for the weekend? Yeah, working for Notorious. the weekend. And, yeah. Which other ones they have? They have a bunch of other hits. They had the Headpins, Don't Make You Feel Like Dancing. That's a great song. Are you going to any of the concerts? I can't. i got to work. So there's a concert uh, tomorrow, and then there's uh, pork eating and concerts Saturday and Sunday, right? Yes. Yeah, I was looking at the map. The concert's in actual Clark. The, the, the food stuff is set up in the parking lot to Clark and then the one by Commonwealth, right? So, Porkapalooza. I could, I, I could go there and probably stuff myself, Reed. It is good. I went last year when it was in Borden Park, and I was pretty pleased with the, the food I got to sample. So that's good. It's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a good little festival. And good for me because I can just walk to it. So I can just walk to it, then waddle into the stadium and watch the game, and then just waddle back and get some more pork and barbecue products after the game. It's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, some text here to 6.30, 6.30. LG says, Reed, do you think the Oilers will trade before the draft? I th uh, Personally, LG, I think the significant trades will happen at the draft. Probably during the draft going on. Yeah, maybe before. I, I don't know if anything big will happen with the Oilers before the draft. Frustrated fan says, uh, with Barry... Uh, what is he saying here? Uh, with Goligoski traded to Arizona, looks like Demers is off the market. I think that's what Frustrated Fan is starting to say. Well, Frustrated Fan, if you heard the start of the show, we had Mike Heike on the show who follows the covers the stars for the Dallas Morning News. He says, the, the UFA defenseman, Chris Russell and Jason Demers, both gone. He says Dallas will not resign those guys. They will go younger with their defense. They'll go with uh, Oduya, Klingberg, Johns, Nemeth, Oleksiak, and Lindell. So he thinks Demers and Russell are gone. So will the Oilers be on Jason Demers? I'm sure if he reaches free agency, they will talk to him. Will the Oilers trade for his rights? I don't know. I know some people say now, now they're really desperate for that to happen. I don't know. You can, you can sign the guy without trading for his rights and getting him ahead of time. That doesn't concern me too much. Here's the thing. Jason Demers makes the Oilers' defense better. Does it make it way better? No, it doesn't. But would you sooner be, if you can't be way better, would you sooner be better or not better at all? And Demers would help. I mean, he's a, he was a third-pairing defenseman on Dallas. He'd probably come in here to the Oilers and play quite a bit. I mean, if the top four were... Well, they're still missing a right-shot guy. Maybe they should get that Schultz guy that won the Cup with Pittsburgh. No, but seriously... 
Uh, I mean, you're going to have Sektor, you're going to have Clef Bomb, you're going to have Nurse, and then a new guy like Demers. It's, it's, I really think it's going to be defense by committee. They're not going to have some guy who comes in and is, is a 28-minute guy. I don't, I don't know if a blockbuster of that magnitude is going to happen. This is Inside Sports on 6.30, Chad. Coming up to the 8.30 news, we'll introduce you to a local kid. He's probably going to go late first round, early second round at the NHL draft. Might be the first goalie taken. Carter Hart from the Everett Silvertips is next. You're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Edmonton Sports Leader, 630 Chad. All right, thanks for tuning in tonight. Here we go. Final half hour of the big program. What do we have after this? We have that show at night. With Dan Riendo. Then we got the old radio shows from 11 p.m. to 1 a.m. to which, take into your new day. Which you should all stay up for. Those old radio shows are great radio. Not that this show isn't. This show is exceptional radio. I'm just saying <laughs> the old radio shows are great radio. This show, then, exceptional. Okay, but then it really gets good at 1 a.m. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. The boogeyman's coming to get you at 1 a.m. Coast Where to is coast. He? Coast to coast a.m. With George Norrie. George Norrie. I had to sit through. I, when I did the overnight news read, I would be, you know, of course, listening to that program. And boy, oh boy, some nights you're like, is there going to be, be some, you know, at the end, people don't realize, and I shouldn't say this, but, you know, you're kind of not lonely here at the studio, but, you know, people come in and go and stuff like that. Are you the only one in the building? Well, is, is the overnight at, guy the only one in the building? At, from, I think at from, some from point, honestly. Two thirty, maybe. You, you. Well, we shouldn't say that to listeners, but anyway, yeah. When at does some Kevin Robertson get in? Like two thirty? Well, Bob's here. Bob Layton stays twenty four hours a day, just like Brian Hall. But oh, you know, yeah. Come on. They're here every. They're here all the time, right? But no, so anyway, seriously. You're though. listening to all the radio shows, or you're listening to Coast to Coast. Would you get freaked out? Oh yeah, there's some sometimes of the you're stories like, oh, on there. Well, they had that Luigi board, Luigi board thing or whatever, right? Ouija. Ouija board. Ouija, whatever it is. <laughs> Not Luigi board. <laughs> they got a Mario board and they got a Luigi board. <laughs> but seriously, you'd be like listening and saying, "Oh my gosh, this is really going on the radio right now!" Like, kind of freaking. Of course, the best parts are like the conspiracy theory talk. Read, I love that stuff. Like JFK conspiracies. When those people come on, read, they're just so determined that their conspiracy is the right conspiracy, and everybody else's is wrong. And that's just the way it is. Well, that is the way it is. Yeah, I guess so. I, I just love they'll they'll put almost anything on that show. Yeah, exactly. Well, sort right. of like this show. No, don't say that. No, don't we'll sell yourself we'll put, short. We'll put pretty much anybody on. We've never talked uh, Pakistan versus India cricket. Not yet. We oh, should. Don't, don't tempt me. That'd be great. We don't cover enough cricket in this country. Exactly. I agree. I was uh, I, I was down at the Victoria driving range today. They got a cricket pitch pit there. You really? see guys playing cricket there sometimes in the summer. Yeah, it's great. I've always wanted to try cricket. I don't know how catching that ball would be, though, without a glove. Like, it hurts. Well, like, they wear, they're not totally barehanded. Don't they have, like, smaller gloves on, not baseball gloves? I don't or think so. Or the guys so, out in the field barehanded? I'm pretty sure they're barehanded out there. But the guy right close to the wicket's not barehanded. Um, the, the guy who's kind of like the catcher. 
I don't think he is. You know, who would be interesting to talk to about is our, over our sister station, iNews 880, Tyler Loughton one time did bring in cricket equipment into the building. Oh, did he? And went, brought in a cricket, uh, whatever the bat is or whatever it's called, and yeah, it was quite a neat to see it up to hand and feel that ball, and that ball is hard as a rock. I wouldn't want to be on the outfield trying to catch that thing because it could hurt if you don't catch it. Of course, those guys don't want to catch it the right way, right? So you got to play the right way. Yeah, that's exactly. A, that's what they're always talking about in cricket. Yeah, but we played the right way today. Yeah. Uh, tell you what, this guy's uh, career is headed in the right direction. He's, his name is Carter Hart. He's from Sherwood Park. Plays in the dub for the Everett Silvertips, and he's the CHL Goalie of the Year. Carter, great to have you on the show. How are you doing? I'm doing good. How are you? Doing very well. Thanks for taking the time to join us tonight. Uh, how's how's the uh, how's the summer going? How are you feeling that now it's just over a week until you're you're probably going to be drafted into the NHL? Yeah, no, the summer's been been good so far. It's uh, it's good to be home and and uh, get back into the routine of things and and uh, it's good to be back home training um, and just trying to get better and and prepare for next year. And um, it's exciting with the draft a week away and. Um, I know it'll be an exciting day for my parents and for myself, and um, I can't. It's it's hard to believe it's only a week away. So, well, yeah, it's got to be exciting for a young guy to know that this opportunity is, is right around the corner. Tell me a little bit about your experience at the uh, at the NHL draft combine. Do you feel pretty good about how you did and all the uh, the the physical exercises and the interviews as well? Yeah, I actually had a lot of fun at the combine. It wasn't a bad. Um, event at all. It, it was actually really good, and um, I've heard a couple of horror stories from buddies from the past. But um, I think as long as you're in shape, you're going to fare well there. And and I thought I did fairly well on the tests, and and uh, the interviews were they were very good. Um, my first one, I was very nervous for, and then um, once I got that one done, it was uh, smooth sailing from there. And and overall, it was a it was a very fun experience. How many teams interviewed you? Uh, Twenty three. 23. Did the Oilers talk to you? Yeah. They yeah, did? Okay. So, uh, did they ask you? What, what kind of stuff did they get asked? Did you get asked more about your on-ice style, or is it more about who you are off the ice? Um, sort of both. I got a, a lot of the same questions with a lot of the teams. Um, just just asking what kind of goalie you are, a um, bit of the family life, your background, and all of that. Sort of just a rundown, and, and just trying to get to know you. Carter Hart joining us on Inside Sports. I, if you're from the Everett Silver Tips, should mention, of course, Canadian Hockey League Goaltender of the Year. Not, not a bad little award to win. Uh, what was your reaction when you when you got named the CHL Goalie of the Year? Um, I was very honored. Um, that's uh, that was a huge honor to be um, named for that award, and um, a lot of credit goes out to uh, my teammates as well. Um, they fought hard all year and and uh, played our systems and and uh, without them I wouldn't be where I am right now. So well, overall, I mean, look, you, you won CHL goalie of the year, but overall, were you happy with your season or were there points where you feel like, oh man, I wish I could do that part of it again? Yeah, overall, I was happy with our with my season, and um, but um, losing out to Seattle in the second round was a bit disappointing. I know. Um, throughout the year, we had their number, and and to lose out in five to them in the second round was was a bit disappointing. But um, there's always next year, and, and I'm looking forward to next year. How would you describe your style as a goaltender, Carter? 
Um, I'd say I'm, I'm more of a calm, laid-back kind of guy. Um, very, I guess, uh, mobile. Um, I think that's one of my strengths is, is my skating ability, but um, just staying calm. I think I'm not a very high-energy goalie. If there's one thing you'd like to work on in your game, what would it be? Um, my puck handling. Yeah. Um, I just I just got to get out there. I'm good at getting the rims. I just got to get out there and, and make the simple decision and um, not second-guess myself. Um, look, you were born in 1998, so I'm curious as to the generation of goaltenders that you've been able to watch. Is there a guy that you're a, a fan of or you've tried to emulate? I used to be a big fan of Patrick Law when I was a little guy, and then um, sort of like every young goaltender, they, um, I, I grew into um, really liking Terry Price. And also I really like Brain Holpe. Um, they're both similar goaltenders. They're both calm and, and efficient with their movements. Um, but you can't you can't mold your game after any specific goaltender. You just got to play like yourself and and uh, learn from their game. You can study um, other National Hockey League goaltenders and and uh, try and apply um, some of their techniques into your game and see what works. Right. So you're you're going to the draft. Are, are you sitting there thinking like, oh man, I hope I go in the first round, or what if this team takes me? What's your sort of mindset and uh, level of anticipation here for the next week? Um, to be honest, I, I don't really care where I go. I just want to get drafted, and um, I got a couple of ideas, but uh, I'm just excited to share the share the day with my family. They're all going with you, eh? Yeah, yeah, they are. And I'm and my billet. I'm bringing in my billet from Everett. Oh, good yeah, stuff. Seventy-five years old. Oh, he's, uh, yeah, he's been building since the team started. He's. Uh, he had guys like Peter Mueller and Ryan Murray, and I know Ryan took him to the draft a couple of years ago, so now it's my turn to take him. Does he go to all the games? Yeah, he hasn't missed a home game in, in like four years. Oh, wow. Does he ever uh, does, does he ever get any advice or get emotional about how you guys do, or how does he handle that? Yeah, he does. He he can get very emotional. He's a, he's a single guy. He's been divorced for a while now, and... Um, I know this year we had uh, a first, it was sort of our um, first annual Bellet Award um, for our team awards, and um, we sort of came up with the idea um, to, to hand out the best Bellet Award, and and uh, so Parker's been with the team forever, so he knew he deserves it, and um, actually they they flew down his very first Bellet he ever had, so um, he got to present the award to him, and, and he was very emotional there, and I'm guessing he's going to be emotional next week as well. Wow, that's a great story. Well, good. What's his name? Uh, Parker Folds. Parker Folds. Yep. Okay. Well, what? That's that's a really cool story. What a great commitment to the team he has, and good for you that you're you're taking him as well. And uh, what what about you? Other people you've been you've been thinking of? I mean, you you played what for the Sherwood Park Squires uh, minor hockey most of your most of your minor yeah, hockey. Yeah, no, I played Sherwood Park Kings Club for most um, oh, for, for the, two years. Okay, I actually played. Most of my minor hockey in Port Saskatchewan for the Rangers Club. Okay. And then we moved up here to Shirt Park when I was 14. Okay, awesome stuff. So, yeah, a lot of coaches and teammates helped you along the way too, eh? Oh, yeah. Yeah, no. Um, playing with a lot of buddies. Um, still stay in touch with them. And um, one, a couple of my best friends that I work out with, I see him every day. And, and uh, like Sammy Steele as well, I know he's. He's uh, excited for the draft too, and and I know he's going to go very high. And 
um, it's good to see you guys um, like that with all the work that they put in. Um, it's good to see it pay off. Yeah, for sure. Well, it's going to pay off for you. Big step coming up for you, Carter. Thanks so much for talking to us on Inside Sports. I hope to get to meet, to meet you at the draft and all the best. Thank you. Thank you for having me on. No problem. Carter Hart checking in tonight. CHL Goaltender of the Year. What a story about his billet. 75-year-old billet Parker Folds, an original billet for the Everett Silvertips franchise. And Carter is taking him to the draft in Buffalo next week. Awesome stuff. Hope uh, it goes really well for Carter. All right, got to take a quick timeout. It's 8.45. Cleveland's still in control on Golden State. Up 70-46 with eight minutes to go in the third quarter. The Blue Jays beat the Phillies 13-2. We'll look a little more specifically at some of the draft rankings with Dennis McKinnis. He's the director of scouting with International Scouting Service when we get back. You're listening to 630 Ched Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. All right, it's 8.47. This portion of the show presented by Action Furnace, home of the fixed right or its free guarantee. You can check them out online at actionfurnace.ca. My name is Reed Wilkins. The studio producer this evening is Matthew Panaschik. Remember, next Friday at 4 is when we'll sign on from Buffalo to bring you live coverage of the first round of the NHL draft. The Oilers slated to pick fourth overall. Will it be Kachuk? Will it be Dubois? Will it be a trade for some of his thoughts? Pleased to bring in from International Scouting Service. You can get him online at isshockey.com. He's their director of scouting. It is Dennis McKinnis. Dennis, welcome back to Inside Sports. How are you doing? Good, reading yourself. I'm doing very well. Thanks for making time for us. You're probably getting a few of these requests as we count down to the uh, to the <laughs> NHL draft. Uh, ISS does does some great work. Just remind people about about the organization, sort of how it uh, how it started up, who you guys have working for you, and 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 how you sort of fit into the draft landscape. Yeah, well, we're an independent company that was formed. I formed it actually myself uh, 12 years ago or so, and uh, now we're involved with a company uh, called Hockey Tech, which is owned by Stu Siegel, who's basically put a whole bunch of different branches of hockey together into one. Multiple, you know, one uh, big company. Uh, ISS just does the scouting portion of it. We have about, I think it's 45 scouts across the world. Uh, Phil Mears, our head scout in the U.S. type of thing, and uh, Andre Steen, who's got about 20 years' experience in the NHL as a scout, is our head European scout. So we've got a veteran staff, and uh, you know, a lot of travel, a lot of bad coffees. <laughs> to, to, about the way you guys do the list, you put everyone together. That's a different philosophy than central scouting that that splits up the uh, North American Euro- and European players. How come you guys decided to go where you, you just lump everybody into the one the one list? Well, we we actually started this when the company was formed, and it was something that we just wanted to be something a little bit different, and we wanted to uh, you know just have one solid list. Uh, it leads for a lot of good debate. Uh, between our European guys and our head guys over here. So, uh, um, yeah, a lot of good debate. And, uh, you know, we compile our list throughout the year. We meet three or four times throughout the year, and then uh, towards the end of it, we we hammer out our final rankings type of thing. Yeah, right on. Well, and and you've got Matthew Kachuk, number four, and Pierre-Luc Dubois, number five, and that's an interesting 
point of debate for uh, people here in the Edmonton market because Edmonton right now is slated to pick fourth, assuming there aren't any uh, trades going into draft day. Look, here, here, here's the question that ev- that everybody's getting asked. What what in, in your mind gives Kachuk the edge over Dubois or anybody else at that number four slot? Yeah, well, for us, for us, we have Kachuk at number four. He's a, you know he's a skilled, strong power forward type with a high offensive IQ and a pro style game already. Uh, he had a tremendous year with London right from the start right into Memorial Cup. Uh, you know he's just that type of player. He's physically mature. Uh, he's not that far away from playing. Uh, he goes to those dirty areas. Uh, he's kind of a chip with off the old block. He loves to score goals, but he scores a majority of his goals from, you know, eight, ten feet in front of the net. Uh, he works very well with skilled players. Like, he's smart. He knows to drive the net and keep his stick on the ice. And, you know, he collects a lot of his goals that way. And we found, watching him throughout the year, that we really underestimated his playmaking ability at the beginning of the year. And as the season wore on, you could see he's very talented playmaker as well. He's just not a goal scorer. So he's a complete 200-foot player, for in our opinion. And so Dubois, I mean, a lot of people speak highly of him. Does Kachuk ultimately have an offensive edge on Dubois, or what would the what would the edge be for Kachuk there? Well, one is rated fourth, and one is rated fifth, right? Yeah. You know, so I mean, for us, it, it was it was a good debate. We just felt that Kachuk is a bit of more of a goal scorer. Uh, Dubois, you know, he has a good 200-foot game. Our comparison to him is a style of a, along, along the lines of a Jamie Benn. Um, you know, he plays a good 200-foot game. Uh, he's always dangerous when he's around the puck. He has that ability to carry the puck or make defenses, defenders miss, you know. Mm-hmm. He's got good size. He's got good hand-eye coordination. Uh, he's a power forward with a scoring touch, you know. We think he has a bright future. Uh, we really like his passion in his complete level, which we think will take him a long way, to, you know, in the future. Right on. Dennis McKinnis. So I don't, think, I don't oh, really, I don't think you can go wrong with either player. I think they both have bright futures. Right. Well, yeah, they're both pretty highly thought of by the sounds of it, for sure. Dennis McKinnis joining us from ISS Hockey. Remember, you can uh, check out, uh, give him a Google at ISS uh, Hockey, and you can check out their uh, draft guide, which you can get through the website. It's isshockey.com. You know, I I spent seven seasons covering junior A hockey, the uh, the Alberta Junior Hockey League, Dennis. So I, I'm always uh, curious when a a junior A player gets drafted high, and it looks like uh, a local kid, Edmonton area kid, Tyson Jost, has a yeah. pretty good shot to go in the top ten. He played in Penticton in the BCHL. I hear a lot of people say he might have as much raw offensive ability as as anybody this season. Yeah, I wouldn't disagree. Uh, uh, we see him going in the top ten for sure. He's a dynamic offensive talent that creates a lot of offense with hard work and his skating ability. Uh, he was outstanding from start to finish, for, and was I thought Canada's best player at the World Under 18s. Uh, his vision, and, his vision, and creativity and one-on-one skills are extremely good. You know, and he makes players around him better. In terms of this this draft as a whole, I, I mean, I've gone to the last couple drafts. In the one where the Oilers took Leon Dreisaitl, there was that fantastic four group at the beginning, and then, okay, maybe it's not as deep as other years. You know, last year obviously yeah. had the two big names at the top, but uh, people were saying, oh, well, it's pretty deep. I, I don't know. Is it? We'll know probably better in five to ten years, but <laughs> but, but how how deep do you think it runs in, in the first round of this year where, where people are getting a, a higher-end player? 
Well, we think it's a good draft. Uh, I just don't. Th- I don't think the depth is there in some of the previous drafts. Uh, we've all talked about it. And we all kind of agreed that there's certainly a, a drop off after the, you know, the third pick. Um, but really, you know, there's a drop off, you know, anywhere after 20 to 24. Uh, we had a lot of debate. There was a guys, a lot of guys that could fit in between, say, 20 and 45. You know, it'd be just a matter of choice or an opinion. Um, so it's not a strong goaltender's draft, so that hurts. It's not necessarily a strong European draft where most of the European top-end talent are already over here in North America. You know, outside, the, you know, a couple of the top three guys. Right. Jeremy and uh, Laney. Yeah, for sure. Okay. So... Well, yeah, I think it, it seems like the top three there's a pr- pretty strong consensus on, and then, of course, it's 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 going to be fun after that. Dennis, thanks for uh, enlightening us. Uh, we, I enjoy your comparisons, and uh, your draft guide is always really fun to go through and very informative. Appreciate your time here on Inside Sports, man. Uh, anytime, Reed. Thanks, Sam. That is Dennis McInnes checking in tonight, the director of scouting with ISS Hockey. And, yeah, isshockey.com. You can check out their scouting guide there. All right. This has been Inside Sports on 630 Chet. It is going to be fun going into the draft next week. It is going to be fun seeing what changes the Oilers make. I know uh, some of you are impatient. I know some of you saw the trade made today by the Arizona Coyotes getting the negotiating rights to defenseman Alex Galagoski from Dallas for a fifth-round pick, so they'll have exclusive negotiating rights with him for the next 10 days. Other NHL notes today, the LA Kings have named Anze Kopitar their new captain. He turns 29 this summer. He replaces Dustin Brown, who had been their captain for the last eight seasons. Cam Ward, goaltender, re-signing with the Carolina Hurricanes, two years, $6.6 million total. He's the only Hurricanes player left from their Stanley Cup team in 2006. And as we told you, Derek Ryan, U of A grad, also re-signing with the Hurricanes organization. Vancouver locking up forward Sven Berchi for two more years, $3.7 million contract there. He had 15 goals in 69 games last season. He was drafted 13th overall by Calgary in 2011. We'll see uh, if we get more done at the U.S. Open tomorrow. Play suspended because of weather today. Half the field didn't even tee off. Andrew Landry is the uh, leader, three under par through 17 holes. Golden State likely going back for Game 7. Cleveland will be going with them. Cavaliers are up 76-57, four and a half minutes left in the third quarter. Golden State did claw back to within 10 at one point, but Cleveland looking like too much tonight. The Blue Jays won 13-2 over the Phillies. 17 hits for the Jays, five homers. Kevin Pillar with two of them. Encarnacion, Travis, and Saunders had the others. Jay Happ went seven innings and struck out five for his eighth win of the season. Matthew Panashik has been your studio producer tonight. Dave Campbell is the producer of the show. We are back tomorrow from 6 to 9. Jack Michaels is going to check in and we'll tee up the preseason game between the Eskimos and the Rough Riders. That'll be Saturday. Coverage on Ched will start at 12.30. My name is Reed Wilkins. Thanks a lot for listening. Talk to you soon. Six thirty, Chad. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins, weekdays at six on Six Thirty, Chad.